Let's take a moment in prayer. Lord God, as we come before your word this morning, renew us and transform us. Conform us into the likeness, the image, the character of Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Increase in us greater faith so that we trust you throughout all of this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. A lot of people see the book of Ruth as simply a quaint little love story. But it's a lot more than that, isn't it? Really, the story of Ruth, the book of Ruth, is about the hesed, the loving kindness, the mercy, the grace, the compassion, the faithfulness of our God of our Lord and Savior, that through his grace, he gives us protection, he provides for us, he leads us on in his steadfast, unfailing love. Even though you and I fail, and we fail every day, it is his steadfast love, his hesed, that carries us through, that comes to each one of us in our circumstances, even when we have disregarded him, even if there is some bitterness in our lives, and he, through his grace, turns that bitterness into sweet joy. It is a love story. It is a love story of God, the Father, and it is a preview of God's love for us in Christ Jesus, the fulfillment of his hesed, his steadfast love for us in Christ Jesus. And it points us to the need for a redeemer. Look, Naomi knew that there was a need for a redeemer. Ruth knew that there was a need for a redeemer. You and I should also know that we too need a redeemer and his name is Christ Jesus. So in our story of God's love today, we are going to take a look at chapter 3. And we're going to take a look at a couple of things in it that Ruth is preparing for, submitting to, receiving blessing, and trusting in their Redeemer. And we should learn from this too, to prepare, to submit, to receive to trust. But the words are written in such a way on the screen is that it is a continual ongoing effect in our lives. So let us be led, let us be fed by God's word here. We're starting with Ruth chapter 3 verse 1. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, my daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? Is not Boaz our relative with whose young women you were. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. So, so far, Ruth has been gleaning from the fields, and she has been doing very, very well, being able to supply the necessary food for Ruth and Naomi. So, Naomi's desire, right? The mother, mother mother-in-law, her desire is that Ruth be well taken care of. 
My daughter, should I not seek rest for you that it may be well with you? That idea of rest, the word for rest, really is not just the physical rest. It means the financial security or security. As a matter of fact, this is also what she said to her daughter-in-laws at the very beginning of the book. She, Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, the Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Now, moms certainly have an instinct for taking care of their daughters, of their children, don't they? You know what my mom said to all of us? So, first, so first of all, there are five, I have five sisters, so five daughters, right? And I'm the only son. Yes, I know, play the fiddle and all that, right? But uh, one of her favorite sayings to the daughters, and then also to me, was never marry for money. Just go out with rich men until, to my sisters, just go out with rich men until you fall in love. Now, I mean, she said that all the time, and then obviously for me, just go out with rich women until you fall in love. Well, we all married for love. I'll put it that way. But this is what moms want, right? And Naomi is saying this to Ruth because financial security came in the way of marriage. And by the way, that's often today too. Financial security is much stronger in marriage. So she says to Ruth, is not Boaz? Our relative, in whose young woman you were, uh, you were, see, is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Look, Ruth could have married many other men. She was an honorable, people saw that she was an honorable woman. She could have married many different men, but there was only one redeemer. And Naomi knew that it was only a kinsman redeemer who could truly take care of her. And Boaz was that kinsman redeemer. So she tells Ruth to go to the uh, place where they are winnowing the barley. So you have to understand that the threshing uh, area would have been outside of the village, outside of the town. And all of the men would come there. And after they had separated the uh, grain from the chaff, Well, they would take a winnowing fork. After the threshing, they would take a winnowing fork and they would throw it up into the air and the wind would blow away the chaff and thus they would have the grain finished there. And they came there normally at night because, as you know, winds can pick up at night. They also stayed there during the night because they wanted to protect the grain, the barley, from any theft. That's why Boaz would be there at night. So Naomi now tells Ruth how she is to prepare. She says, wash therefore and anoint yourself and put on your cloak and go down to the threshing floor, but do not make yourself known to the man until he's finished eating and drinking. Wash, anoint, put on a cloak. To wash, to anoint, to put on a cloak or a new garment had a very special significance in the nation of Israel. 
because that's what you did in preparation for marriage. And the idea of marriage, of the nation of Israel also being the bride of God, is found in many places throughout Scripture. Now, on the screen, it gives you a reference there, Ezekiel chapter 16, verses 8 through 11. And I'd like you to uh, afterwards bookmark that. Go back and read it. So the Lord is speaking to the nation of Israel who had been unfaithful, but he brings her back. It says this, When I passed by you again and saw you, behold, you were at the age for love, and I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your nakedness. I made my vow to you and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Lord God, and you became mine. Then I bathed you with water and washed off your blood from you and anointed you with oil. I clothed you also with embroidered cloth and shod you with fine leather. I wrapped you in fine linen and covered you with silk and I adorned you with ornaments and put bracelets on your wrists and a chain on your neck. This is the Lord God making a covenantal vow with the nation of Israel his bride. And he washes her, he anoints her, he dresses her. Now this imagery, this metaphor, is carried through into the New Testament. Did you know that the church itself is the bride of Christ? Also read Ephesians chapter 5, verses, starting with verse 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. You see, in preparing to meet the Redeemer, Naomi and Ruth don't take this as a light manner. They come in and prepare in a, rever in, in a manner of reverence coming to meet the Redeemer. And you and I, as the church, as the bride of Christ, should come in the same manner and prepare ourselves coming before our Redeemer. That it is He, Christ Jesus, by whom we are washed clean, right? Anointed through the Holy Spirit and clothed in his robes of righteousness. See, and we never want to take that for granted. And it's really easy to have church just be about us, but no, we are coming before our Redeemer and we should prepare in such a manner. Perhaps we should pray like this. Christ Jesus, wash me, sanctify me, clothe me as only you can. We are the bride of Christ coming to meet him, and that's the preparation. 
And then going further, Naomi then tells Ruth, but when he lies down, observe the place where he lies, then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. So Ruth goes, lies down at his feet, uncovers his feet. We're going to get in that a moment, because I know it sounds a little odd, but we're going to get that. But I, I want you to understand that she comes before her Redeemer in a very humble manner. As, as we're going to find out that she comes as a servant. And she's going to ask the Redeemer to provide and protect her. And so thus, in the preparation, Ruth says, all that you say I will do. So not only is she going to submit to Naomi what her mother has told her, she will ultimately submit unto her Redeemer. So let's continue on in our text. Verse 7. And when Boaz had eaten and drunk, his heart was merry, and he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. Then she came softly and uncovered his feet and lay down. At midnight, the man was startled and turned over, and behold, a woman lay at his feet. So after a long, hard day of work, of threshing, of separating the grain, he was tired. So he did what all the workers would do. They ate a meal and he had some wine. Now, don't assume here that he was drunk because everything we have been given about Boaz says that he was an upright man of character. So he had some wine. He was happy at the day's work, a satisfied man now going to sleep. And so Ruth comes and he uncovers his feet. A couple different interpretations of that. We're going to take it in the plainest sense of the word. When you sleep at night, what makes you either hot or cold? If your feet are covered or uncovered, right? Where they were in that location, the nights could cool off quite dramatically. And uncovering his feet would make him cold and wake up. We're going to take that in the plainest sense here. So he's startled awake, and he sees a woman at his feet, which, by the way, could have been scandalous. But he doesn't take it, nor should we ever take it to be a scandalous thing. And he says this, Who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant, for you are a redeemer. Now, notice she doesn't call herself the Moabite. She doesn't call herself the daughter-in-law. She says, I am your servant. I am one of lower estate than you. I am one to be at, literally, at your feet. And again, that's the humility in approaching the Redeemer. Do you remember from the gospel account, the woman who was cleansed, who was healed? She really fell down, and she fell down at the feet of her Redeemer. And really, that's what all of us should be doing, is to falling down at the feet of our Redeemer. But then she says something very interesting. She says, spread your wings over your servant, for you are a Redeemer. Now, that word in Hebrew, spread your wings, 
has actually two different meanings. A literal meaning of uh, spreading your true wings, a bird spreading its wings over another. Or it also has the meaning of a cloak, to spread your cloak over. So there's a little bit of wordplay in this, isn't it? But it's a significant and it's much more than wordplay. Because when you think about a bird spreading its wings over another, what, does it, what is that bird doing, especially if it's a mother hen, right? It's protecting those who are close to them. It says that you are mine, and I am going to put my protection over you. Now, I didn't call it out in the reading from Ezekiel the first time, but listen to this again. When I passed by you again and saw you, behold, you were at the age for love. And I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered your nakedness. I made my vow to you and entered into a covenant with you, declares the Lord, and you became mine. What is she asking Boaz? Let me be yours. Cover me with your protection. Let me be yours. Marry me. This is what's happening in this account. Now before, Boaz said she was covered by Yahweh. In uh, chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Boaz is speaking, the Lord repay you for what you have done and a full reward will be given by the Lord, the God of Israel under whose wing you have come to take refuge, right? There's the wing of the Lord, right? That she has come under the wing. Now, a lot of people pray to God to be under his wings, under his protections. But now in the account of Ruth, chapter three, we see she asks to be under the wings of the Redeemer. And this is what we also must understand. A lot of people praise God in general, but God the Father has given us the Son who is our Redeemer, and we are to say, please make me yours. Take me under your wing. Provide, protect, pour out your grace and mercy upon me. Cover me. That's what we should ask. Because how do we come to the Father? We come to the Father through the Son, right? Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. And thus the prayer, Jesus, take me under your wing. Make me yours. By your blood, the blood of the Lamb, I am protected from all harm. In you and you alone do I take refuge. Christ Jesus, our Redeemer. So Ruth is submitting. She's prepared. She submits to the Redeemer. And now she is going to be blessed fully. Going on in our text, verse 10. And he said, may you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter, you have made this kindness greater than the first in that you have not gone after young men, whether rich, poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask. 
for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman. Now, Boaz could have rebuked her, right? Because here was a strange woman at his feet, but he does not rebuke her at all. Rather, he is moved by her faith, her loyalty, and he calls her my daughter. Go back to the gospel reading again, read it over, and you will find that Christ Jesus calls the woman who came to him to be healed, my daughter, your faith has made you well. You can see how all of this points to Christ Jesus. And then he reassures her with these words, fear not. And that's why I also like that we had the song again, be not afraid. Be not afraid, I go before you always. It is the echo that the Lord God has given to us from the very beginning, fear not, fear not, fear not. He gave it to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. He gave it to Moses. He gave it to the nation of Israel. He gave it to the prophets of old. He even gave it to the shepherds on that night when Christ Jesus was born. Fear not. And you and I need to hear those words again and again and be reassured because you and I are like sheep and we are very skittish in the face of our circumstances, and we jump and jolt and run away in the face of fear, and thus we need to hear again, fear not. If you want this to be your verse for the week, Psalm 27, verse 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Fear not, trusting in the Lord. Now, not only did Boaz calm Ruth's fears, but he made a promise to her, right? He said, all that you ask, I will do. Again, it points to the covenantal promise that Yahweh has made with the nation of Israel, that Christ Jesus has made to each one of us. Now, there's a little bit of a plot twist going on here. So I just want to read, starting verse 12. And now it is true that I am a redeemer, yet there's a redeemer nearer than I. Remain tonight and in the morning. If he will redeem you, good. Let him do it. But if he is not willing to redeem you, then as the Lord lives, I will redeem you. Lie down until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but arose before one could recognize another. And he said, let it not be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. And he said, bring the garment you are wearing and hold it out. So she held it out and he measured out six measures of barley and put it on her. Then she went into the city. Now there's another redeemer. I'm not going to go into this in great this morning. I'm going to try to pick that up next week. But notice, more than anything, what Boaz is doing is following the law. 
he is adhering completely to the law. That if there was another blood relative closer, that blood relative should be the redeemer. As I said, we're going to get into more of that next week. But he still fulfills the law and then goes above the law and gives her great blessing. Six measures of barley would have been enough for about two weeks of food. That's a lot of food that he gave her. So now she not only has the promise, she has the assurance, she has the blessing that Boaz has given to her. Prepare, submit, receive, and now trust. So she goes back to Naomi. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, How did you fare, my daughter? Then she told her all that the men had done, saying, These six measures of barley he gave to me, for he said to me, You must not go back empty-handed to your mother-in-law. She replied, Wait, my daughter until you learn how the matter turns out, for the man will not rest, but will settle the matter today. So Ruth comes to, uh, Naomi says, as Ruth comes in, how did you fare? In a literal translation, it's interesting. She says, who are you, my daughter? Who are you, my daughter? Well, this question says, are you miss? Are you missus? In other words, in our day and age, the daughter would come in and the mom would say, let me see your hand. Let me see your hand, right? Because what's on the hand? It'd be the ring, the marriage proposal. So this is what Naomi is really interested in. Now, Ruth's answer doesn't yet say what's going to happen. But notice what happens with Naomi. She has been one who is doubting, who doesn't have assurance, but now there's a promise of the Lord that bitterness has turned into sweet joy and assurance. And now she says this. She says, wait, wait. We should wait upon our Redeemer because he will carry through. And thus you and I should always trust that our Redeemer will carry through no matter what. No matter what. And this has also been a theme throughout all of this, right? No matter in the circumstances, we trust in our Lord and Savior, in His providence and His timing. If you want other memory verses this week, Philippians 1.6, we covered this in our series. I am sure of this that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. And then also Romans 8, 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So it's quite the love story, isn't it? A story of God's love. We prepare we submit, we receive, we trust. This is the story of God's Hesed, his loving kindness, mercy, compassion, and his faithfulness throughout it all. So some things for you to ponder today. First, 
each and every day, come to the Lord, be washed, anointed, covered in his robes of righteousness, be renewed. Submit to him in humbleness. Be reassured by his promises, and I have given you a number of them through scripture readings today. And finally, trust in Jesus, in his grace and his timing. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. 